0: Welcome to episode 13 of the WP Campus Podcast, a podcast for those using WordPress in higher education. Woo! (laughs) Uh, Universities generate a lot of news, awards, research highlights, student profiles, athletic victories, all that sort of stuff. And at its heart, WordPress is still a great blogging platform, so that makes it an ideal place to publish and promote your campus news, but it's not always that easy. Uh, The decentralized reality of higher ed... Can make it more complicated than you expect, and so today we're going to be talking about untangling the organizational and technical challenges of university news. My name is Brian DeConnick. I'm joined by my colleague at NC State, Jen McFarland, and by Lacey Pascal. Uh, Lacey is the director of web communications at Vanderbilt University, and she and her team have launched a centralized news service at news.vanderbilt.edu. Uh, Lacey presented on this topic at WP Campus Online. And uh, if you want to watch that talk, you can go to online.wpcampus.org, or you can listen to this podcast. We're going to talk all about it. Uh, (laughs) So she's joining us now to tell us all about what they've done. Welcome, Lacey.
1: Sure. Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, let's, I guess, start talking a little bit about uh, Vanderbilt and your role there and your team. And um, I guess when we talk about news, what that means in the university context.
1: Right, Um, so Vanderbilt is a private institution in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, We have um, undergraduate, graduate schools. We've got a medical center. Um, We have a lot of employees because of the medical center. So we have actually more employees than students. We have 29,000 employees. Um, And so my role is director of web communications for uh, the university side. And um, we have a team of 12, and we are responsible for every website for the university for that team. There, are no, there aren't web people out in departments. It's all centralized um, through my team. So all the schools, all the departments, HR, admissions, all of those sites um, are managed um, through web communications. Um, what we're talking about when we talk about news would be anything news-related tied to anything at Vanderbilt. So that, that's nice and broad. Right. <laughs> um, and so that, that is going to be, um, you know, obviously a huge focus for us. We are a research university and so a huge focus for us is our research news. And so, um, we have a lot of news about grants that have been coming in about discoveries, about ongoing research. Um, you know, we promote our faculty to talk to, um, you know, the, the networks about things. So whenever there's something going on in the news, we usually are gonna have something related to that written about um, the research that's been done at Vanderbilt related to what's going on. Um, and then we have um, departmental news. Um, so we've got kind of the internal news of um, awards and things internally. We've got um, employee news. So this is, hey, you work here and you need to get your benefits signed up for by this date. Um, Or, hey, it's, you know, Vanderbilt employees shop at Costco with no fees Saturday. That type news. (laughs) Um, And then obviously we've got athletic news as well. So everything to do with all the athletics. Um, So pretty much anything that you can think of. We also have a lot of video. There's a video um, team as part of our news team. And so we produce quite a lot of video. Um, there's podcasts that are part of that as well. Um, any of the magazines that are actually still in existence, all of those have a web component to them. And so that is actually considered part of kind of this, um, this as well. Um, so anything where we're telling a story about something related to Vanderbilt. So it's, you know, telling a story about students, telling a story about faculty, telling a story about um, staff, uh, what a school is doing, what a department is doing. All of that is kind of the the big whole thing of news. And so that used to be, um, I'll go on to the next question, that used to be um, kind of all separate. So it used to be in all these different uh, disparate systems and um, you would have the same story appearing on you know, 10 different websites, the same exact story, uh, because they wanted it to show up on their website. Um, which the biggest downside to that is that is a huge ding for your SEO because all of the search engines look at that and they're like, you have the exact same content. And of course we're all on the same domain, because mm-hmm. we're all at vanderbilt.edu. Even though these are technically separate websites, um, they aren't really because they're all the same, that same domain. Um, so the SEO thing was one thing that we used um, as a reason why to stop doing that and to try and centralize. Um, and so, yeah, beforehand it was it was kind of crazy whenever somebody would um, have a story. It would be all over the place and then invariably, you know, there's something that has to be changed or updated and they have to update it every single place where somebody decided to randomly post it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where it was before. And that was like many, many years ago, because this has been um, a multi-year kind of um, you-will-be-assimilated assimilated board type project. Um, (laughs) So we started with the ones that um, were in our control. And by in our control, meaning the people that were managing them were actually in our big department of public affairs. And so we started with them because we're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. and um, so we started with those and then we've kind of tried to pull more and more into it um, over the years, as we've kind of come across other sources will be like, Hey, why don't you move into centralized systems? You know, why don't you just pull a tag feed on your website instead of creating your whole, your own kind of news presence. Um, so this has, um, it's, it's been really successful on our campus and we're a huge WordPress campus. Anyway, we have, um, several very large multi-sites. We've got one multi-site that's got 2,100 sites on it, another one that's got 500, um, and then we've got another one that kind of powers subdomains and stuff, and it's got about 250 sites on it. So we really love WordPress, and we basically want, you know, and we also use Omni Update at, um, at Vanderbilt, too, which I speak about that um, as well. Um, but, yeah, we've got quite a bit of, people are using WordPress for their site, so it's not this huge stretch for them to then kind of get pulled into doing their news a different way. Mm-hmm.
0: So you, you've you got some people who were a part of your public affairs unit already, um, so then everybody else that's people like out in the colleges who are generating their own stories, that's still communication staff, right? Like, or are you getting just sort of, you know, Are do you have departments where Uh, administrative assistants or faculty or somebody like that are contributing their own stories as well or is it all fairly I guess a fairly professional baseline
1: it's a very professional baseline anything that gets posted goes through an editing workflow process okay so um, nothing no one has um, there's only a there's only a couple people that actually can actually hit publish Mm mm-hmm um, there's quite a few people that can submit things, but they still have to go through the editorial process. Um, so, yeah, every single thing that get, gets posted on this, even if it's, you know, a five sentence long blurb for HR, goes through the workflow of editing. Mm-hmm. And so that's done with our um, news and public affairs officers, our news officers. Um that's where the editing kind of goes. So, you know, they'll submit a story, it'll go through editing, it might go back and forth through several rounds. Um, You know, if it's a research story or something that's involving um, faculty, or if it's involving an an administration or it needs quotes from the administration or something, obviously it goes back and forth in the workflow of the editorial process. And then it goes back to them to be sure that the essence of what their research is or the essence of what they are saying, um, is still true throughout that whole editorial process and then it will get posted. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is a controlled environment, but it is, you know, everyone kind of knows that they, if they have something that they need to get out, it can get posted. It just has to go through this process.
0: Right. And so you had, I think in your presentation, you had something like 90 users somewhere in that neighborhood that, right. yeah Okay. So in your presentation for WP Canvas online, um, you know, I, you're sort of talking about two problems at once, and Jen knows that this is something that I have some recent experience with with one of our recent projects. You've got the technical solutions that you're coming up with for the platform, for your news, your news multi-site, and then you've got the processes that you need people to follow through in order to maintain that control, that management of the message that's being presented. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I, I'm wondering which came first you know it's probably a chicken and egg sort of thing but did you did you tailor your technical solutions based on the, the workflow that you were looking to have or did the workflow sort of come out of what tools were available in wordpress
1: well so i am a developer as well as being the director of of this and when we actually did this i was the only web developer and so and i was also kind of the one that wanted to centralize everything mm-hmm. and so it was it was almost at the same time, like the chicken and the egg came along at the same time, because when you're also the technical person, you know what you can do in a system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When you're also trying to encourage people what direction to go in, like I'm never gonna encourage somebody to do something that I don't know how to build already, basically. Right. <laughs> um, but I can say that some of the solutions um, came about because of the processes that we talked about Uh, with people of, you know, the, the idea of the front doors. Mm -hmm. That's something that came around because of the conversations that we had with the different areas that we're going to move in. Um, Because I think originally I was just thinking, well, we'll move it all in and everybody will just do things with tags Um, but it will all just look like Vanderbilt news. Like it, it, that's fine. It won't be a big deal. But then when talking with people, it was really important to some areas that they maintain an identity around certain stories. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, later because we didn't launch this at the same time, but, um, I think about two years after we first started kind of centralizing things was when we launched our big kind of research news site. And that was when there was a lot of thought that went into, well, you know, research is the number one strategic (laughs) priority for the university. And so um, those stories definitely needed to have their own kind of branding to really Mm -hmm. highlight that these were, these were kind of bigger stories um, than the others. And so it's been kind of, it's been a um, kind of, Very fluid process of as we've gone through as we've gone through pulling things in and talking to um, the different areas that we're working with, we have tweaked and added new things and um, kind of come all come together to to the place where we are now, which um, everybody's pretty happy with everything being centralized. So now, of course, we're starting the discussions of rebranding like redesigning I know and so we're talking about you know redesigning everything which the way that we have everything planned it's a little bit more complex than a normal just news site because we do have all of these front doors and all of this very custom stuff in the back end um, and so that redesign process is gonna be a little bit more complex than um, than it was when we got started for sure
2: Right. When so, I
1: first got started, we really only had, we were merging two things when we first got started. And since then, we've merged, you know, so many, I can't even count how many things have merged in there. Um, and so it's definitely, it's definitely grown. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're several years into this and people are still very much drinking the Kool-Aid so they, they still kind of are buying into this concept of centralized news and this centralized presence is definitely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's working, but yeah, we're, we're gonna be starting that kind of redesign process pretty soon for, for all of those. In terms of
3: business processes, so I mean, I can totally see where you're coming from Them happening at the same time, I'm in the same boat, you're developing, you're answering the questions, you're making the plans based on what you know you can do. But at mm-hmm. that point, when, I mean, at what point do you write them down? And have you had the need to, like, you know, have some officiality behind it? Like, do you have maybe policies are the wrong word, but some guidelines or some reinforcement? And I, this probably ties to questions later about buy in as well. But, um, you know, is there anything formal to that? Or is it just like everybody is like, hey, I'm on board, let's do this, roll?
1: Well, it is formalized because it's all the way up to our vice chancellor um, because some of the large entities that ended up getting merged in, those were um, very (coughs) prominent positioned people that were the stakeholders.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, um, you know, I I was obviously heavily involved in the whole project. My boss was, our assistant vice chancellor was, you know, my vice chancellor. So all the way kind of up, we have – everything really documented, especially uh, for anybody that did watch the presentation, the whole hierarchy of what is the what is the most important brand for news versus, you know, the second one, that's documented so that people know um, exactly what a story is going to look like and what that process is for how a story is going to get in and who they need to contact if they want to get something featured, you know, in the... Again, we have so many employees that a huge amount of the news that comes in for one section of the site is all of that employee news
2: mm-hmm.
1: that is totally an internal audience. Um, and so the process for getting getting you know news in that because we're also um, we don't allow anyone to send um, campus wide emails. And so there is one campus-wide email that goes out every Monday and every Thursday that has announcements and news in it. And um, that is the only campus-wide email that's allowed. And so, and that's powered by this news site. Mm -hmm. And so um, if anybody wants to get their information out, they have to put it on. And they have to go, right. And exactly. And they have to go through that editorial workflow and the process um, and so all of the communications people and the admin assistants in all the departments, um, you know, they all kind of know that process. Whenever a new person comes on, they're kind of onboarded to, you know, this is how we do things at Vanderbilt. Um, and, you know, because all of the websites for Vanderbilt also go through our office, the centralization of everything kind of helps because you don't have someone off with like a rogue site, like just doing their own thing. Right. Um, because everything has to come through webcom anyway. And so we build into our templates all of the all of the necessary stuff for them to easily be able to pull these feeds through. So there's no pain for them to pull these feeds through and have it display, you know, however they want to. Um, so I think that's also another reason why it works is because not only is news centralized, but web is as well. Yeah, it's pretty dreamy. So it took, um, it wasn't dreamy when it first happened. Cause it did not, use it's not to be, true to
3: here where it's not, right. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it didn't used to be centralized. And then, um, an IT audit actually came in yeah. and that was when all of the web positions got centralized. And it was definitely a very interesting, um, couple of years I bet. around, around that centralization. But now I think everybody would agree that there's so much synergy to having people that um, do the same type of work in the same area work together, and there's a lot less reinventing of the wheel going on.
0: So I, I think there are about six things I want to ask about just <laughs> all that because this is fascinating to me the the kind of centralization you have, but then also well, okay. So first, you were the only developer when you started all of this. Is that what you said?
1: Yes. <laughs> so
0: so that's, not, was, that's not the case anymore, right?
1: No, no, no. I was the only developer. So when I first started and web communications was formed, um, I was the web developer. And then my colleague, Beth Fox, who I still work with, who is freaking awesome. Um, Beth was the like content person. Mm-hmm. And so it was me and her. And, um, and when we launched a lot of this stuff, actually our boss, Melanie, who we also love, went on maternity leave. And we felt like, um, she did it on purpose, like she <laughs> to have her baby when we were going to be launching a lot of this stuff. Of course, later when I went on maternity leave, I realized, you know, you don't ever plan. <laughs> you can um, plan all you want for when you have babies. Baby. But yeah. Baby, oh yay, congratulations.
3: So, <laughs> Time Time get that great, never great.
1: But I was the so I was the web developer. But again, at that point, there was no centralized web office. Right. So I was the web developer for just, you know, the main Vanderbilt website and for Vanderbilt News. Um, and then, you know, a couple of other little departments were kind of working with us because we had just kind of been formed. Um and then it was, you know, several years later that the merger kind of happened of sure. of, of all the web people. Um but yeah, it was interesting. I look back on those days with um with wonder and and fondness when I only had like 3 big things that I was working on all the time and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I spent like 8 months working on a redesign for one thing one time and and now it's so insane. I can't even imagine only having like 3 clients."
0: <laughs> so, um that's that's great, and I'm glad you I'm glad you're not all by your lonesome anymore. Yes, <laughs> it's <do>. ni- it's <laughs> nice to have coworkers. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> so uh, these front doors that we've talked a little about, um, those are just those are page templates built into your theme, right? That right. And and you can just say you know this page looks completely different than everything else because it's the research page, the research exactly. front door. Right. Um, I guess why. You, you said there were some some groups that really wanted that that sort of individual branding for for their stories my impulse being the mean jerk that I am would be to say no you know you you get what you get and you're happy with it so right. what um I guess what's the thought process behind building out all of these front doors and I hate to ask this, but do you ever worry that this isn't sustainable? That you're just going to have so many page templates?
1: We don't have that many front doors. Most people, most people do not, most areas don't get a front door. They are just Vanderbilt News. It is only going to be very kind of large um, entities within the university that have them. Um, so I can get the, you know, the two examples of why front doors for us are necessary would be um, my VU, which is the internal kind of news that said that that's all employee news,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because so much of that is totally not um, relevant to anyone that doesn't work here. And so we don't want that, you know, that information doesn't necessarily need to be pulling through to other pages either. So like when you're on the MyVU site or you're on a MyVU story that's branded as MyVU, you know, it's going to have subscription options that are only for MyVU. And it's going to be pulling related stories that are only MyVU stories. So the reverse of that would be when you're on a research story, you're not randomly going to see an article about Costco over on the right, or you're not, you know, or you know, if you're on a research story, you're not going to see, oh, get your benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of it is not just for the the actual story that you're reading, but it's we want to keep people on the research website as long as we can, and so having those kind of customized front doors and page templates allows us to be sure that, hey, if they're reading a story about what's going on in the political world right now, that everything on that page is also geared towards exactly what they're already reading. And it's not pulling in random stuff that's in that news site, but it has nothing to do with what they're actually looking at um, at the moment. Um, So that's the biggest kind of reason why is because we want people to stay on the site. And so we want to kind of try and customize what that experience is and pull through things that um, are more closely related to what they're already reading. So that hopefully they'll click on another thing mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you're kind of keep that process going. Right. Um, as for sustainability, that is why, you know, we don't, we don't give everybody that level of um, customized customization. I think right now we have five front doors, I think it's only five um and i think it would have to be something huge that would cause us to add another one mm-hmm. to add another kind of layer of branding and so you know and one of those is just the generic vanderbilt news sure which i don't even consider a, a thing that's just it's just kind of like if you're not part of one of any of these other things then you're just
0: news <laughs> mm-hmm. so you say that now, but you know that when you go to work tomorrow, you're going to have that project. That's oh, we need another front door for these right. fifteen <laughs> reasons. Right. <laughs> um,
3: It'll be part of the redesign process. Yeah.
0: Yes. So yeah. why
2: don't we have this?
0: Speaking of that redesign process, um, I guess I, I'm interested to know there. So during your presentation for WP Canvas Online, there was some conversation in the chat about uh, putting functionality in themes versus putting functionality in plugins. And, um, and now that you're starting this redesign process and presumably building a new theme or, or looking heavily editing the theme that you have, what are some of the challenges that you're running into? And I I guess, what's your plan for your redesign?
1: Right. Um, so that, yeah, so I am not a plugin fan and I don't know, you all, I mean, you guys know, Curtis and I speak together sometimes and it's really funny because we, we, you know, as long as we've known each other, I've always been the I don't like plugins and I will just do whatever. And he is like, well, I like plugins that you just have to heavily bet them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I mainly don't like plugins because I guess I, am, I think most people that know me would say I'm a little bit of a control freak when it comes to code. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, um, you know, a lot of these sites that we work on are extremely highly visible. Mm -hmm. And um, they are very important to, you know, obviously the strategic mission of the university. And I don't like having that be dependent on a developer that I don't know that might not ever update that plugin again. And a new version of WordPress comes out and it breaks. And then I have to spend, you know, a day or two figuring out how to fix that thing that they wrote. Whereas if, you know, myself or somebody on my team can write something where we know exactly what every single line does Mm -hmm. and a new version of WordPress comes out, then we can be like, okay, this is what we're going to have to change. Now we use plugins. And so there are some plugins that we use, but man, it's got to be something that we're just like, okay, we're going to use this. The plugin author is still active in the WordPress community, all this stuff. But I think I said, I think we have like five plugins installed total on, on this on the news site itself. Um, so what we have done, and again, this is because we, you know, we roll our own themes. And um, so I don't even know why at one point, that's just kind of how I decided to do it was instead of writing like one Vanderbilt plugin that had all of this functionality in there that is specific to our needs. I just put it in the functions file <laughs> or it's not all in the functions file, but it's referenced kind of via that mm-hmm. File. Sure. Um, and so, you know, if we need custom roles instead of using a whole plugin in to, to give an editor the ability to do this one thing that an admin can do, that's two lines in your functions file.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: all. Instead of using a whole plugin that's, you know, thousands of lines of bloat to everything, um, I could just say, oh, I want my editors to be able to manage this. Mm-hmm. And um, and so a lot of it is that, is we want to be able to do something. And yes, we could do a plugin, but we also know, or I could write four lines and just put it in there. And then that's all that I really need it to do. Um, but I have thought about pulling it out of the function file and then like just doing a Vanderbilt plugin. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have our news site, which is our own theme. And then we have the Vanderbilt WordPress theme as well which is done the exact same way, where all of the custom functionality is actually in that functions file. Um, so, I, don't, I mean, I just kind of decided to do it that way when we first started launching stuff and we haven't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see the pros and cons of both sides. So, uh, but that's generally why I am hesitant to use plugins is just because I've seen it cause so many problems Um, When you're upgrading, like right now, we're in the midst of migrating um, every website at Vanderbilt to the cloud, to AWS. Mm -hmm. And um, part of that is, (laughs) this is really awful. Like WordPress people are going to freak out. So we have this really, really old server that um, our IT folks would not upgrade. And so there were WordPress instances on that box that were stuck at 3.1. Point two.
2: Ouch. Yes. Because Q or MySQL or
1: both. Because none of it was updated. So you know, it wasn't a lot of them, but they've been stuck there for years because they would not update the boxes. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all of that is obviously getting updated now. So just in the last week, it's been this awesome process of stepping through, obviously getting from 3.1.2 on these individual installs that, you know, eventually they're going to get moved to the multi-site. Um, but getting them from 3.1.2 to 4.7.2 is like seven individual upgrades. Cause you can't just go from 3.1.2 to 4.7.2. And then, and now we are figuring, we're trying to figure out all the different plugin things that people were using for random stuff of like, well, that I doesn't work anymore. Yeah. This doesn't work anymore. That doesn't work anymore. And, um, and so it's 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 an interesting thing with um with plugins when you're talking on the scale of which we have WordPress instances. If right. you're only really running like one WordPress site, like go for it. But you know, <laughs> we have thousands of sites running and when you have one plugin that borks that many sites, that's gonna end up being, you know a thousand help desk tickets, <laughs> um, in one day. And so we we just, we try to keep things as controlled and as kind of standard as possible. Um, so like we have a self-service multi-site where people can just go and sign up and create a site on their own. Um, and, you know, they can't install themes and they're not allowed to install plugins. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we get requests all the time for like, can we have this plugin? Can we have this one? So one of the plugins that we actually approved was that there's this math latex plugin. Yep. Yeah, and I'm like, that's a legit request, right? Because we're not going to write a plugin to do that. So that's total. And so, yes, that one is available on there. Um, but, yeah, we get requests all the time for like, well, why can't we install plugins? It it's like, cause you're one website amongst this many thousand websites on that platform and your plugin could affect all of those other sites.
0: So what I'm getting from this is that you have no sense of adventure. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Not in production. Yeah, I am fine with adventure in, in dev.
0: I, I, I do think uh, building that Vanderbilt plugin that you've been thinking about might be a, an interesting exercise. Um, just to go on a little bit of a tangent for us, we do one of the things we run into not having the level of centralization you have is we end up supporting a lot of sites with a lot of different themes, and right. so having a single tool set that we can, you know, put in a plugin and then make available in multiple places. Right. You know, it, it takes some testing. It takes some some extra making sure you know this is going to work in every place we put it. But um, that is a uh, that is a Good time saver in the right. end, right?
1: And, and that's the that's the different because I think it is definitely going to be tied to how you are structured. Um, because if we have people using WordPress, they're using our theme, mm-hmm. you know, like because you if you're a Vanderbilt department, then you're going to use the Vanderbilt WordPress theme, and so that was that was definitely I'm like they're not ever going to be using a different theme, but need this Vanderbilt functionality. Mm-hmm. Um, but so yeah.
0: looking ahead to that redesign that, that you're,
2: uh,
0: I guess, thinking about, planning for, dreading, any right. of those. Um, yeah. All of the above. Yeah, all, all of the above. Uh, what, I guess, is this just a general sort of refresh to make it look a little, a little more, you know, up with the times? Or are you looking to do something, yeah, a little more vanderbilt Or are you looking to do something really different with news and different with the, the look and the feel of, of how people consume that news?
1: I think we are definitely it's uh it's more of the second part, which I think is why we are taking a little bit longer to think about it. Um, because I've never really been a fan of redesigning for redesign sake.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um of, of just like, oh, let's just put some new wallpaper up, basically. Um, but it's never still, put up wallpaper. Right? <laughs> but it's still, you know, but over the same old wallpaper in the background. <laughs> Even worse. Right? Um and so it just became HGTV, sorry. Yes. <laughs> um did you ever what? what was that show where uh, sorry, I don't will I will get off on a tangent we'll about.
3: It's Especially TLC, if it was HGTV.
1: It was TLC and people would swap houses. Oh yeah. It was, was for hour ago. Yeah.
3: Like Trading like, Spaces.
1: Trading Spaces, is, yes. yes. <sighs> with with like Hildi and she uh-huh. glued She glued, like, feathers to the wall of somebody's bathroom.
3: I think I remember seeing that episode, and I was like... Oh,
1: my gosh. And you're just like... I may have stopped
3: watching after
1: that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, So no
3: feathers on the Vanderbilt site is what I'm hearing. Exactly. Right.
1: Um, But, yeah, I would say it's definitely... We're trying to think about how can we um, improve... Ah, uh, you know what we're doing already. How can we improve that? And then is are there new things that we need to be looking at doing that we're not already? Um, and a lot of that is, you know, huge amount of traffic is mobile, obviously. Um, and then different ways that we want to be able to provide access to the data from that site. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, you know, people are either pulling it in just straight from the WordPress feed. Um, or we also have several custom um, XML feeds where we're giving them different image size options to pull through. So if they sure. need to pull through a really, really large image with each story, they pull it via a different feed than if they just want the thumbnail.
0: So this is like the math department can show all the research stories tagged with math or something like that on right. their website.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're definitely trying to think about, like, what do we want to do next? Um, and as part of this, do we want to try and pull in anything else? Because we still have um, quite a few magazine sites that are still kind of out on their own. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we treat those, uh, we, we pull those in kind of as external stories. So they show up in all of our feeds, but when you click on them, they end up going out to the original source. So we're not duping the content, but we want them to show up in um, our feed than as related to stories. So that is why we've, because we have literally been talking about this for a year, Mm -hmm. maybe even longer of what we want to do with this next. And we've had all these other projects going on. So we've just thought, we'll just do it later. We'll figure it out. But yeah, part of why I think it's taking a little bit longer is it's not just about, um, you know, oh, we were using, you know, this framework and now we're going to move it to Bootstrap. Um, it's 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 kind of more than that. I think we're just trying to think about you know, is, is this working? Do we need to do it a different way? Um, parts of it definitely work. For us, the whole front door branding of the stories thing works really well. So we'll keep that concept, but the implementation might change.
0: Sure. Um, that sounds great and I I guess I'm a little jealous of having Having a year to think about those things. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that sounds like a really good process. Of a, lot go. of I, here, I'm a lot of things yeah. I'm jealous of a lot of things. Well,
1: I mean, the situation we're in is that no one is asking us to redesign it. Sure. Right? Now, if someone, if someone was asking us to redesign it, we would not have a year. But we're the ones that are saying, we'd really like to do something else with this. Once we do, then, you know, we'll have to come up with kind of that plan, and then we'll float it up the flagpole, and, you know, we'll get everybody on board. Um, But, yeah, because no one's asking, saying, you need to do this, we have Mm -hmm. more time.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Uh, Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about your users, um, the people who are writing all these stories. You said (laughs) (laughs) uh, so 90-some people are contributing content to – to your site, and you talked a little in your presentation about help resources that you have available inside of WordPress. Um, We've done lots of things involving help resources for our users inside of WordPress, Mm -hmm. and sometimes those users ignore it and send us help tickets anyway. (laughs) Um,
1: Oh, yeah, ours do too. Okay. All
0: right, so first, same people, like normal people are still there. You don't have like, you know, 90. Oh, my gosh, no. 90, 90 good kids who follow all the rules. Right. Uh, how how do you handle when somebody, um, you know, goes and misuses tags or doesn't follow the the conventions that that you're trying to get them to follow and, you know, content ends up in the wrong place or something like that?
1: A lot of that is not even going to be handled by me. Sure. It's going to be handled by the news and editorial office. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Mm -hmm. some of that is there's, um, you know, there's a person in in the news office that is kind of responsible for, you know, every once in a while going into the tags and trying to clean up because there are definitely going to be duplicate things. Like, you know, our chancellor's name is Chancellor um, Nicholas S. Zeppos. So imagine how many versions of that are in there as a tag.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. We have
1: Chancellor Zeppos, Chancellor Nick Zeppos, Chancellor Nicholas Zeppos, Chancellor, you know, Nick Zeppos, etc. And so every once in a while we have to go in and clean up all those and merge those all into the right correct tag.
3: I assume somebody misspelled it as Zappos at least once. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, okay. Um and you know, we you know, we tell them repeatedly, you know, it will auto-fill in yeah. the tag. But what happens all the time is they just copy a list of tags that are supposed to be used for that story and paste them in. And mm-hmm. so that's how we end up with, cause they don't want to do them one by one, which I totally get. That's, you know, um, so we have somebody that'll go in every once in a while. Um, not as regularly as we probably should, but we'll go in and try to clean up tags. Um, you know, and then we'll get the random, you know, we got a request this week for, you know, why is this not showing up on my website and it doesn't have your tag on it? That's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, honestly, there's not it, there's not like a solution for that other than you just kind of have to be vigilant, and people have to be paying attention. <laughs> um, but I don't think there's a one size fits all solution for users. Sure. Um, you can you can lead them to water and training, but they're still going to go and drink their coffee in the break room and eat all the food.
3: Your mixed metaphors are <laughs> right. delighting me.
1: Yes. Um, So yeah, we have the training in WordPress. We also, you know, all of those people, you know, we have a huge help desk in our office because everybody at the university has to use our help desk if they have a problem. And so we get a lot of help desk tickets about a lot of random things. And so usually if we get a help desk ticket about something that, you know, they should know how to do, then that's part of kind of that response is kind of directing them to, you you know, this is what caused this issue for future reference, you know, and then we'll reference the training materials, Mm -hmm. you know, and if if you'd like to know more about how this works, you know, go here and read up on this. And most people want to do, um, you know, most people want to do the right thing. They just forget or they're not a really regular user. And so they forget in between the six months since the last time they did something.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So I have come to, you know, anybody that works, I think in our positions, we all deal with users and we all have our comments about users and, but I have come to the realization of most people that um, are, are managing websites. That was not what they were hired to do. Right. And I cannot expect them to have my level of expertise or my staff's level of expertise. And so we can all get really, really frustrated really, really easily just because of the volume, but you just have to remember that all these people were hired to do something else, and then it was like, oh, and you also need to maintain the website.
0: Right, yeah, we run into that all the time. You Especially
3: know. in higher ed, I think that's just a really common thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so, I mean, at least at Vandy, we do have this centralized web resource, so, you know, if you have a technical problem, you know, my team is gonna help you with that, but we are decentralized for um, the content. <laughs> and so we manage all the backend systems but all of that content is managed by all the people out in the areas. Um, and so yeah, it's just a constant and I'm saying all this, and yet I still get frustrated with users on a daily basis, but I constantly try to tell myself, but this is not what they were hired to do. They're not a web person, you know, And so what seems super easy to me, and like, why can you not figure out how to just let it auto-complete the tag?"
0: <laughs> sure
1: um, is, is not second nature to them.
0: Yeah, And we have, well, a, a, as you were saying things like that, I had certain users that we have <laughs> popping into my head um, Great. Who, who we love. Who, we all
3: have special snowflakes. Right. Yes. Um, Stop naming games, Brian.
0: <laughs> uh, so we've been talking for a little bit. I have a couple of questions left. They're sort of a grab bag of Things that I'm interested in, but aren't really related to anything we've talked about so far. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go can we for
1: it. About trading spaces again. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Lisa? We you can... and I can talk about that. We'll have our own podcast. I, know. Now. Yeah. <gasps> I used to love that show so much. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I am interested. So, uh, in your in your presentation, you talked about uh, AMP, AMP for WordPress, um, and the Google Accelerated Mobile Pages. I don't actually know of a lot of higher ed institutions that are doing much with that. And I'm I'm curious why like what what prompted you to decide, you know, let's uh let's
1: let's amp it up. Let's right.
0: Do- let's amp it up. What what made you decide this is something we're going to do for our news our news stories?
1: My boss was at a conference.
0: Okay. Oh. That's that's how every good story starts.
1: <laughs> yes. And um they were talking about it and it was and I can't even remember what conference it was. And she sends it to me, and um, she said, "Hey, can you investigate this?" And I was like, "Oh, this looks really interesting, and it wouldn't be that hard to implement." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Let's just go ahead and do it, and we'll see what happens." Mm-hmm. Um, right? And here we are. That was literally the thought process behind it. Was she heard about it at a conference? And it was at a, It was at a. Um, it was at not a higher ed conference. It was like a news people conference uh-huh. news people, you know, and, um, Journal. and they were saying, and they were saying, um, that it will help with your page rank. And Google is Google are the ones that right now are really looking to see if you have AMP pages. Cause as soon as I set it up, I, you go onto this website on Google and you submit it and tell them I have AMP pages mm-hmm. right? and they're like, Oh, you're awesome. Yeah. Now I don't know whether it's made a bit of a difference or not yet. But I was on something random the other day and there was a Vanderbilt link in it and it opened up the AMP page on my phone and I'm like, that's interesting. So it was looking for the AMP version of the page on this uh-huh. website. It was on this app. It was odd. Um have
0: you, have you gotten any feedback from, you know, users, readers, like I really love that it's so fast on mobile or not really. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah see that, that, that's sort of what i always wonder about with amp right. is like is anyone well, even gonna again,
1: it's only going to be used in certain um certain situations right and so like i can't even remember what i was on the other day that actually pulled up the ant like i wasn't looking for it and it pulled it up and i'm like oh there's that thing that i that i did like weeks ago <laughs> uh-huh So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll have better insight in a couple months. I don't know. But it was one of those, oh, I've heard about this. Can you investigate this? And it was trivial to add. And so Uh we just did it to just see. So it related to that one would be that we're also playing with but haven't done anything with. Um, The thing where you can have Facebook pull the feed of your stories through. Oh, yeah. And format it. And so we've got that running, but we don't have it public yet. Um, because we're still not sure about the whole concept of like having all your traffic be on Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we're, we're really, because then it's kind of the end of the line. Cause if they're looking at it there, they're not going to go to anything else. Right. On your, on, you know, on your site. Um, and they're not
0: going to see all of your related stories that you've pulled in with all these tags and all right. of that too.
1: Um, and so we're, we're just kind of like seeing, how it's how it's working, and so it's working, and it's pulling everything through, and it looks great. But I don't know that it's something we want to do right now strategically. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's shiny, mm-hmm. but it might just be shiny, and it might not be useful.
0: Mm-hmm. So my other uh, grab bag item: HTML emails. I actually, I actually had the uh, the pleasure the pleasure of. <coughs> creating an HTML email template today (laughs) with my my six CSS styles that I'm allowed to use. And I'm surprised
1: surprised that you aren't like in a corner crying.
0: (laughs) So, um,
1: I feel when I work on HTML emails.
0: So so I guess number one, uh, how much fun did you have doing that?
1: (laughs) So, you know, I had fun doing it because I knew it meant I was never going to have to do it again Uh for that one. And so, um, We've went, we've gone through several iterations of, um, we do a lot of HTML emails. So we have, we have a theme that actually all of our departments use to generate their newsletters. And so they can have different headers and footers and color schemes and all that stuff. So that's one WordPress that we've got running. So, you know, every department has their own category and that pulls through their template for their newsletter. Okay. Um, so we have that one running and that has, um, that has eased the pain a lot because, people can just go do their own thing.
0: Right. And, and, and no, you don't have everybody trying to use MailChimp or whatever to build their right. own special thing.
1: Right. And it's mobile friendly. It's Vanderbilt branded, all of that stuff. Um, but like the, the, you know, the email that goes out every Monday and Thursday, that is all the news. Um, that's such a bear to, that used to be such a bear for kind of everybody to do. And so now it's just, WordPress pulling through stuff based on tags and a date range. Um, and so they just go in the day before they're going to send the email. They go to this URL. It pulls through what's supposed to be on there. And then, you know, they remove and they can reorder things if they want to. But. Mm-hmm.
0: Are you actually using WordPress to send the emails or are they just building the HTML?
1: For the, um, so we have that email that goes on Mondays and um, Thursdays. And that one is actually sent through, um, do you know what maestro is or listserv?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so that's actually sent through that. Okay. Not WordPress. So we're basically just using WordPress to generate the HTML.
0: For okay. The, and somebody, um, does somebody actually have to manually like pick it up and put it into some sort of mail client to send it out or
1: well, the Listserv actually has a tool in it that allows you to to um, paste the HTML in, and then okay. it'll send it. Sure, so they, okay. so the And then the person that does this is not a technical person at all, and she literally knows. She goes in, views page source, copy, goes over to the Listserv, paste. And right. Brian's
3: like, Brian stalking your, your business processes, <laughs> right?
2: Just a little bit.
1: He's writing yeah, this down later. So, but the one that we have that all the departments use, that's like its own theme, we call it the email creator. It's super
3: mm-hmm. creative creator.
1: You know, it's a great name. It was very unique. Um, that one, we actually wrote in a tool for them to send it through like online. Mm-hmm. So they generate their email and then they click a little button. That's like, send this email mm-hmm. and a form shows up and they put who it's from and who it goes to. And you know, if they want to BCC someone, do they want a confirmation mm-hmm. and it sends it all. So they don't have to do anything through outlook or MailChimp or the listserv or anything. It's just kind of all done online. And um, the departments love that. Sure. So much to have to do that. And we've done that for, we have a daily email that goes out to, um, I don't, it's some list that people subscribe to. That's all the mentions of Vanderbilt in the news. And um, and that one is also sent that same way. And it's generated from WordPress too. And so they, um, they just go and they send it online and then they're done.
0: That's, I, I like that. I like having, well, okay. I don't think I would ever want to have to, Build and maintain WordPress as a bulk mailing client because right. that sounds like a ton of work. But I like that solution. I think it's a really interesting solution.
1: Yeah, I need to. I spoke at um, the Nashville WordCamp about the email creator, um, and I still cannot. Rem- we have all of our repositories at Vanderbilt are in um, Stash. Which is Atlassian's enterprise project product, and so none of them are publicly available, Uh and I just haven't gotten around to pulling it out of stash and putting it like up on GitHub or something. Sure, Um, but it's an interesting concept, and it was it was another one that was you know, and I think as as developers you do this where you're presented with this problem and you're like, how can I automate this? Right. And that's how a lot of things in our department have gotten created. Is I'm like, I don't ever want to do this again. (laughs) So I'm going to write code to make it not. easy. That's right. That's what. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's how that email creator was born out of. We just kept getting so many requests, and I'm just like, we can't do this. Like, we cannot become the HTML email shop for Vanderbilt.
2: Right.
1: You know, like that's all we would do if if we were only doing email newsletters. And so now, you know, there's 57 departments that are using this, um, this email creator. And mostly they just do it all on their own and we don't have to be involved. And so it took, you know, it was probably like a week and a half of coding the theme. And then we've not really done much else with it other than just add new people into it and add new categories.
0: Mm-hmm. That, so. sounds, that sounds fun.
1: Coding <laughs> to save time.
0: Alright, well this has been this has been really great. Um I uh
1: I would like to put feathers on the wall in your office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a very boring office, I'm telling you. you I, really I, do. It needs feathers. Right?
0: I, I have, have a
1: whiteboard. I mean I, so that you got your like geek cred. Yeah, yeah, we both have whiteboards, we're good. I <laughs> we got corkboard too, you can't see it, but
3: we're getting
0: it done. Yes. Honestly, I, I've been Reading here. places for offices. I, I'll I, come to I, Vanderbilt and move to
3: your <laughs> office, and then you can come here and redo Brian's
1: office. Yes. Yeah. There we go. I think we have the same furniture. <laughs> the you know like if you touch it too hard it'll fall over type furniture. That's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to wrap can us edit up. Edit out this.
1: all the inappropriate comments, right?
0: <laughs> I'm not going to edit out know. any of this.
3: We this keep all the commentary. <laughs>
0: uh so uh tune in next month for more about trading spaces and other great (laughs) hdv programming (laughs) um
1: trading spaces with plugins
0: (laughs) uh so i'm i'm gonna wrap things up now uh the official announcement for wp campus 2017 is just days away um we can say so, the
2: dates,
3: right? I, I,
0: don't, I don't know if we can say the dates. I don't know if that's officially official yet. In
2: July, I did not
3: say anything else. But
0: if you've been lurking in the planning channel the way I have, uh, you probably already have some idea of what the dates might be sometime. And you're probably telling your boss, hey, you know, I've got this conference I want to go to. It's in July. Do we have money for that? And now is a great time to have that conversation. WP Campus is a great event. If you only did the online uh uh, conference, you should really go and do the live in person. You know, everybody in the same place conference. It's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, hopefully, Rachel appreciates the amount of energy I'm spending selling. This. And
3: her and you describing it as the everybody in the same place conference. Uh, the everybody that's in the same good. place conference.
0: Yeah. But I think that's going to be the the slogan for this year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Not trading spaces. No. <laughs>
0: Uh be sure to follow at WPcampus org on Twitter for announcements about the conference and also anything and everything WP Campus community, uh news and updates about this podcast and anything else. Um you should really just be following at WPcampus org for all your information about everything. There's um, no
1: alternative facts there. That's right. right. No fake news.
0: <laughs> and if you uh have a suggestion for this podcast, you can also tweet it at wpcampus.org org and we will see it um uh, that's all i have you guys want to talk about trading spaces more (laughs) or uh... we can
3: take that offline we're going to start our own podcast right? right so we'll let you know we'll let you post that later
0: all right so um this is our first podcast in a little while we went off a few months because it turns out the holidays are really busy for everybody but um we're going to be back into our monthly routine and uh stay tuned for march when we're going to talk about Something else interesting in WordPress-y?